this is Reaching the Finish Line. And I'm your host, Callan Dix. Check out the website, www.reachingthefinishline.com. And pick up my free report. Save up to 75% what they don't want you to know. ReachingTheFinishLine.com And welcome. Today, I am delighted to have Dave Chesson. Dave is the Kindlepreneur. That's right, you heard it. The Kindlepreneur. Uh, the, the entrepreneur for Kindle. Uh, he is uh, one of the most sought-after experts, uh, and he helps authors uh, find success on a platform, Amazon. You know, he's, a, he's an expert in regards to Amazon algorithms, um, how to get lots of reviews, and the success tips that makes one an Amazon bestseller for a long time. Dave, welcome. Hey, thank you so much for having me here. Great. Um, one thing that we have in common, Dave, is uh, we're both expats. You know, you're there in uh, Sri Lanka. I'm here in Mexico. And uh, many of the audience is familiar with my story. And, you know, I would uh, definitely get into that a little bit. But uh, I think, you know, for people who don't know who you are, you know, how did you become an expat? You know, what, what brought you outside of your borders? Well, I'm actually still in the military and active duty military and I do military diplomacy. So there's a lot of times where, you know, that the, the uh, military has to kind of like, you know, play nice. And so they send us out there to kind of do liaison work and discuss things and try to pre-plan things as we go. Uh, right now I'm in Sri Lanka working for the U.S. Embassy here. Um, so it's been a really incredible opportunity to be able to travel and see different, you know, things like, for example, being on board a South Korean warship, which is just crazy to be able to see that mm. and um, being able to explore and go to different bases and different different areas. Interesting. So how long have you been serving in, in, in the Navy? Just past 11 years. Wow. Wow. Quite impressive. Quite impressive. And uh, that's, 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 that's amazing. And now you're working, I think you said you work at the embassy now, right? Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, that's, that's quite an interesting aspect, you know, being able to see the state side of things, um, you know, how the state department works and, um, all the things that they think about compared to like what the military thinks about, but it's been wonderful. Those guys are incredibly brilliant. Cool. So I would imagine, you know, as, as being a Navy soldier, uh, or, or, or I guess the perhaps the better word is a Navy officer, uh, you've, they probably had you in multiple countries throughout your career. Uh, Sri Lanka, is this your third or fourth country? This would be my third country. Um, I'm actually a China specialist. So mm. They haven't sent me to China yet. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, that, that's kind of the neat thing about uh, China is that they're everywhere. Um, the Chinese tourism is just growing exponentially in just about every country from from things like you know Sri Lanka to the Maldives to you name it so um, it, it is a good skill to have I'll, we'll say that yeah cool cool and at, at being an expat Dave uh, are you single do you have family I have a wife and three kids the but the bummer part about the job that I do is I've spent the th past three out of four years without my family um, just because of the jobs that I had to take that 
the first one didn't allow me to bring my family with. The second one, this one right now, my four-year-old daughter uh, got really sick, and so she's medically disqualified from being outside of the United States. So I'm just finishing up on this job so that I can kind of go back and see them, which I'm really excited about. Come September 1st, I will actually be getting out of the military and will be a full-time online person. And that has been my exit strategy since I first started this online thing. So. Wow, well, that's great to hear, and that really, that really kind of takes uh, takes it to the next thing I want to get into. Um, but you know, myself, sort of like your, sort of like yourself, uh, I'm an expat as well. I live in Mexico. Uh, I'll be uh, moving to Spain uh, next month for a little while, and uh, oh, I, re- I really enjoy the expat lifestyle. I, I enjoy and, and I can make U.S. dollars and essentially live in countries. That, that that's that, that get, that's basically a lower cost of living and give me a higher quality of life so I've always I, I definitely enjoyed it I think that's probably one of the best ways I mean there's 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 a lot of great ways a person could have a great lifestyle but I think that's one of the best ways um, a person could live and uh, you know Mexico has been really great uh, seeing different parts of there and going to Spain be my first time going there uh, it's, def- it's definitely helpful for me because I already speak Spanish and Spain they speak Spanish as well, uh, so nice. it won't be much of a difficult transition. It might be a slight difference in the words because this is a different dialect, but other than that, um, other than that, it should definitely uh, be fun. And actually, going into that, talking about you know, you know, your return, you know, September first, you're exiting out, and uh, you know, it take, you know, I, I want to commend you. Uh, take such uh, dedication and take such a. a, 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 a a strong character to, 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 to do what you do, you know, serving our country. So that's definitely, uh, definitely appreciated. And I definitely uh, honor and commend you for your dedication to that. Um, going into employee versus entrepreneur, uh, kind of talk about the struggles that you had as an employee. Because where you're at, Dave, soon you're going to be a full-time entrepreneur, which that is great because I know that a lot of people want to go in that direction. But perhaps you can share the challenges uh, that you face as an employee, uh, and and, uh, and share maybe some of the rewards that you really uh, reap uh, from being an entrepreneur. Well, the first thing I would say that's important for anybody who's looking at doing that is creating an exit strategy, right? You know, if you first you need to define what it is you want to exit to. What is what is your definition of success? You know, that was the first question that got me onto this whole process because being without my family or being deployed or constantly, you know, taking on these hardcore jobs, going out to sea, that wasn't my definition of success. I was always missing out on things, missing out on my kid's first step. Um, luckily I was able to be there for their birth, all of them. But (laughs) the sad part is I had to say the word luckily, you know? Um, and the other thing too was I, I had no desire to become an admiral. So what, what, what was I working towards? Right. Uh And so that's when we realized there had to be an exit strategy. Then there were lots of potential jobs that one could take or a lot of different entrepreneurial things that I could do. But I wanted to be able to take my kids to school. I wanted to be able to, you know, be free of wherever we live. You know, we talked about it. I, one place I'd love to move to is like Roatan, Honduras, you know, just pick up and go spend six months in Roatan, uh, with a family. Yeah, that's definitely a good spot. (laughs) Yeah. I've heard so many great things about it. Uh, it's pretty cheap. And, I didn't. So by knowing that, I knew I wasn't going to take on like a brick and mortar type uh, entrepreneur lifestyle, right? I wasn't going to try to build some some store or anything like that. I didn't want to have inventory where I had to turn around and ship things. 
So my exit strategy required me finding a entrepreneurial kind of skill set job or so that I could just pick up and move and have free reign of my own schedule. Now, as I started that, I started looking for opportunities. I was online. I was researching and learning. Um, and this kind of gets into the lifestyle. The fact was is that you know, you'll hear a lot of people talk about it. Um, about their success, but I want to tell you that it took me three and a half years of devotion um, to get to where I could finally employ my exit strategy. Uh, now, granted, my exit strategy was a little more hardcore because I had to take into account that I'm a husband and a father of three. Um, I had to, you know, so I had to fit those things into my lifestyle, but also I needed to build enough money so that I could easily step away from the military and not put my family in financial strife or at risk. Um, I wanted my children to be able to go to summer school even while I'm pursuing, you know, the entrepreneurial lifestyle. So those are some of the things I think everybody needs to think about before they begin the journey is, you know, and to recap, that's define what success is and therefore what the true exit should be, uh, what it is that you need to do to be able to make that exit strategy. So not just willy nilly jumping off the deep end and re realizing that you don't know how to swim yet. Um, and then finally, creating phases to make you f know that you're moving in the right direction. It, it's a long journey. It's not, it's not a sprint. It's more of a marathon. And once you have those things, you'll, you'll know what you need to accomplish. And that's when you can start changing your lifestyle to be able to fit it. And so one of the challenges I had was, okay, well, there were times where I was deployed. I'd, I, I wrote my first book while on board a, a South Korean warship, you know, <laughs> um, and I needed to make changes in my life to be able to fit this. So some of the things I did was I took out movies and TV watching. I used to be a avid TV show watcher. I'd go through like maybe honestly, like maybe two to three hours a day of watching TV. And that's, you know, you may kid yourself and say you don't do that, but I'd say majority of us out there are watching at least that, you know, whether it's the news in the morning, whether it's you know, the latest Walking Dead show or something like that. Yeah. And when I cut out that three hours and I instead devoted that to learning and reading and growing my skill online, that's that's 21 hours a week that I was building myself and preparing for that exit, you know, that, that I was working towards. So it doesn't have to be a dramatic change. It doesn't have to be a sacrifice of, of, of your true values or the things you want to do. It just needs to be a constant, focused, driven decision for a long haul. And you can exact some amazing changes and get out of the job that you're currently in and into the successful one that you want to be in. Do you want to start reaching the finish line? Then start with a free audiobook. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and scroll to the bottom of the page to click on the Audible banner to get your free audiobook. You may not have a lot of free time, but you can definitely listen to a book on a plane, on the bus, or even while you're driving. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and scroll to the bottom of the page to click on the Audible banner to get your free audiobook. Start reaching the finish line with your free audiobook. I definitely agree. Um, I, we've had we've had uh, several guests uh, on this show. Uh, from real estate, uh, we, we had a real estate entrepreneur, and where um, he wasn't really he wasn't making money in real estate until uh, a year and a half in, in regards to uh, 
you know, uh, flipping houses. Uh, we uh, just recently talked to uh, a radio show host, a very popular uh, political radio show. Uh, he didn't start. He wasn't able to draw a full time salary. Uh, from that until four years so uh you know you know what dave is saying is absolutely uh right you know it's not it's, it's not necessarily going to be a short-term gain you know you think oh if i just do a few things uh, within a within a few within two or three months you know i'll be you know rolling in all the big bucks and all the all the cash will start just raining down on me <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> as entrepreneurship is definitely a long-term a strategy and as Dave said it starts with a plan so uh, whatever you want to do uh, that's something you have to keep in mind and you know with Dave you know Dave have successfully uh, done for a while he juggled both of them you know he's you know he uh, you know he's working his NBC job uh, during the day and then at night uh, he's the kindlepreneur and, uh, and, and and he's able to uh, manage that successfully so uh, it is possible to do both but, uh, you know, obviously, you know, especially where Dave at now in his life, Dave definitely want to shift and go and become a full time uh, authorpreneur, Kindlepreneur uh, type. So. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of kind of going to the next thing of uh, talking about, you know, authorpreneurship and, um, and, and, you know, kind of increasing your presence, increasing your social presence online with your book. Let's talk about really the social status of an author because uh, you know if, 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 if we can go back and look at about 50 years ago being an author was something extremely significant like if you was an author like let's say uh, in 1970 you know that was a big deal because number one there wasn't as many books as there was now and then number two, uh, the fact that when a, if a person did get a deal and encounter with a book, there, there wasn't that much competition. So it was much easier for the, the people who were authors to extract the majority of sales because there wasn't a lot of competition now. But since that kind of industry has changed and, you know, I think now they say it's almost like what the you know, things like almost like, you know, 50 million books on Amazon, it's become harder and you know the, the the author now has to be a bit more creative and get more competitive to be to stay relevant and to have some success in it what would you say dave is the social status of an author in this era well the fact of the matter is, is in this era like you like you said anybody can pick up write a book and publish it right mm -hmm. i mean so you don't need to have a publishing company behind you you don't need to you know struggle through all that I mean, you know, we could even go into to Harry Potter, right? When, when she wrote that book, there were some 30-plus publishing companies that rejected her. I mean, just imagine that. The most, the biggest money-making book in the world, the, arguably the greatest book, considering how much success it's had, went through the hands of 30 different people, and every one of them failed it. As a matter of fact, the only person who accepted her book, okay, was a guy who her agent kind of he owed a favor to her agent and he was like fine i'm gonna look at it and instead of reading it he threw it to his young niece and said here you read it and about like in less than 24 hours the niece came back it was like uh is there a second book <laughs> when is she writing the next one and the guy's like whoa wait what and so he picked it up and started reading it was like wow and she signed a deal i mean 
so you could have the greatest book in the world, and, and back in the 70s, you might have failed miserably because nobody would read it. Now, fast forward to today, and creating a book, publishing it, getting it on, or by publishing it, I mean putting it on Amazon, um, there it is. You have at least surpassed that first hurdle. But because of this, there are so many people that are out there. But let me step back, though. You and I know that anybody can write a book and get it published. And you and I also know, too, that with certain tactics and a little bit of push, you can become a Amazon best-selling author. The ability for a stay-at-home mom, um, you know, a lawyer or so to, to, you know, or any profession out there, just sit down and write a book and become labeled as an Amazon bestseller or just bestseller in that case is really powerful. My family still to this day doesn't get like they, they're like, oh, wow, you're a best-selling author. I was like, Amazon best-selling author. But yeah, they're yeah. like. No, that's super cool, you know. They, and it's like, well, it's 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 actually kind of easy to do. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but they don't yeah. get it. Nobody I would say like a 95 to 98% of America, you know, still sees that as an amazing thing. Um a lawyer who's able to talk to their clientele and say, you know, well, I am a best-selling author on, you know, law, uh the new era. Yeah. And how, how much a co co of a conversion would that be? I mean, you've gone and looked at different lawyers, and this one guy says I'm a best-selling author on the subject. Um, I think that guy wins. He gets yeah. my my money. Most definitely. So, between authors, it's not as big of a deal because, you know, we all know that you can become a bestseller. But outside of that, there's so much business opportunity by being labeled as such. So, to the common, uh, to the average populace. It's, it's a wonderful thing, and it is an opportunity that anyone can grow in. But amongst our own ranks, we, 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 we get it. We see the Amazon bestseller rank or bestseller mark, and we're like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, for cool. sure. Yeah, there, there's, uh, you know, there's like multiple tiers of, I would like to say, I like to say uh, bestseller status. And where, you know, I mean, probably the easier, easier ones to get in on is Amazon and Kobo. But then you also you have ones like, you know, getting on uh, the, the USA Today bestseller list or the LA Times. That would be the next level up. And then obviously the, the top one that everyone covets would be the New York Times. So, uh, oh, yeah. so yeah, I mean, I, you know, um, uh, as us authors, you know, it's, it's great to have that label because, um, you know, to, to the rest of the world, it definitely gives us an edge as far as attracting business. Uh, but, you know, like I, you know, as you stated before, among us, we know that ultimately what matters is how many books that we're actually selling. And, uh, Absolutely. you know, uh, so and, and that's what's that's what's ultimately important. And, and so to kind of dig deeper into that, you know, so we have two we have kind of two worlds when it comes to book publishing. We kind of have the traditional side and we kind of have the self-publishing side. You know, some people will say there's a third there's a hybrid. You know, really, I, you know, really, I, I like to say the hybrid is kind of like a uh, kind of an arm of the traditional in a way. But, um, you know, for me, I, I, I got my, my publisher was uh, Morgan James, uh, kind of looking at both sides. And uh, I thought I was going to initially self-publish. But, uh, you know, it, I was a first-time author, and I thought, hey, you know, you know I, I got a deal. My best shot is probably to go with, uh, you know, someone who, who already has a network, who already has good distribution, who already has good channels in place that can give that can, uh, that can give me the best footing to have a lot of success with this book, and and mm -hmm. you know, I love my publisher, great people, but with all said and done, 
I, I could have done exactly all what they did by myself. Uh, the only the only edge I give them is their distribution. You know, Morgan James. It's not it's not really a it's not it's not a big six publisher by any means. It's like a mid tier publisher, but the distribution they have. You know, it's amazing. Like my book is my book is available in over thirty different countries, but still, the majority of my book sales are in the U.S. So that kind of that kind of uh, kind of outlines that. But wonderful episode, you can get it, among other benefits, when you become a premium radio subscriber. Go to patreon.com forward slash Callen. That's P A T R E O N dot com forward slash k a l l e n when you go to patreon.com forward slash callen choose one of the premium subscription levels for it's just another tool to help you reach your finish line what do you think about that dave in regards to the traditional publishing world versus the self-publishing world. Do you think, in some respects, maybe the traditional might be better than self-published, and vice versa? Well, you know, I've been looking to find this quote, but I I can't verify that Taylor Swift said this, but I love it. Taylor Swift had said something to the lines of, "Back in the day, as an artist, okay, whether it's music or, or writing, you would need to first get the record label or get the publishing contract." And then you would go find the fans, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're, the publishing company would then take your work, they would get it out there, and if you were a good writer or a good musician, then you would grow. But that's not lo- how it is today. Today, you need to get the fans first and then get the record label slash you know, um, publishing contract. What, what I mean by that is, is that um, you know, publishers... There are so many books that are out there. There are so many opportunities. They're, they're getting hundreds of, of requests all the time. They are not going to invest major time, money, or anything into you unless they really think that there's a big chance they're going to get a good return on their investment. They look at your book, and if there's an angle that they think is just prime, you know, like right now they believe that a certain type of book is the hot seller and that they've got an angle to get it up there, then then that's cool. But what normally happens, though, is, is like if you're very famous and popular, if your name's like Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, or Guy Kawasaki, and you're like, I've got a book. Then they're like, well, we know we're going to make money. Of course we're going to help you, Guy. <laughs> we'll take your contract. Let's do this. Uh-huh. And they will make Guy's, um, Guy Kawasaki's life much easier. They'll, they'll work on some of the distribution rights. They'll have professional cover designers. They'll take care of all that work so people like Guy Kawasaki can just continue to write and approve what they're doing. And in return, the publishing company takes a percentage. Someone like, you know, myself or, you know, others that are out there that don't have a giant, you know, famous name that aren't, you know, on TV or anything like that. You're going to have to convince that publishing company that you're worth a contract. But more importantly, you're going to have to convince them to actually help you. A lot of authors out there find out that they will finally get that contract and they're excited and then the next thing, the publishing company is like, okay, well, you need to sell 20,000 books, you know, by the next three months, you know, or else otherwise, good luck. Uh-huh. It's like, wait, what? I got to sell them. I thought you were going to sell them. I'm like, uh, well, if you sell 20,000 copies, we'll, we'll, we'll jump in and help more. Uh-huh. Um, and that really leaves a lot of self-publishers or, excuse me, publisher, excuse me, authors uh, very frustrated because 
they're going to do all this work to sell the book, and the publishing company is taking a large chunk of that change. And they're really not going to invest the necessary time to make actual sales themselves until they think, you know, you've got a chance to make money. Now we move into self-publishing where you're still going to have to do all that stuff, right? Uh, in this case, you will select the cover. You will have to format it. Um, but you're getting all of the money, right? Uh, you're just getting, about. Just about, yeah. Amazon's yeah. got to take a little cut or whatever market is selling it, you know, that you have, have it on. Mm-hmm. But you're making a significantly more uh, of your own sales than you would if you had a publishing company. So I believe that the, the perfect transition is you start self-publishing, you build your, your skill, you build your platform, you create a following, and then you have a much better chance of not only landing a publishing company contract, but also getting them really involved to the point that they're helping you to sell and grow even more. Yeah, and um, that's something that you have been successful with, uh, Dave. Uh, I, I believe that you've self-published all of your books, correct? That's correct, yep. Yeah, so you self-published all of your books, and... Um, uh, most of your books, I mean, I, I, I believe you offer both components, but obviously the majority of your sales, or pretty much the majority, I guess everyone's sales nowadays, is the, uh, is the uh, e-book version. And that's why, you know, you're coined as obviously the Kinopreneur, because typically, uh, you know, that's where, you know, that's, that's, kind of the, that's kind of the area where you concentrate most of your sales, or, or naturally people kind of, I guess, gravitate to the e-book rather than the paperback book. I don't think, I don't really know who nowadays still have print books. I mean, I mean, I still have a few, but um, uh, they're in my house, and uh, there's this in my house in Philadelphia. I don't, you know, as, as a as a as a uh, expat nomad traveling, I definitely uh, have everything on ebook. But the but kind of going into the question is, um, or perhaps, um, you know, because yourself, you write under lots of pen names because uh, because you you want to show people that it's possible to have success with a book no matter who you are, you know, instead of, uh, you know, it's, it's not because a person has success because they have this popular name like, oh, Robert Kiyosaki. And so, so basically, you know, he may have a successful book and any, if he writes any future book, it'll be just, it'll, it'll probably be as successful or more successful because of the first book, your intent is to write under multiple different pen names. So it does, so just to show people that a person can have success even as a first time author. You know, Dave Chesson is the Kindlepreneur, uh, definitely one of the experts on you know how to get your book discovered and how to have success uh, on Amazon as an author. Uh, coming to a close, Dave, if people want to find you, uh, learn about your uh, you know learn about your products or contact you, how would they do that? If you go to Kindlepreneur.com, I've got a contact page, and you can go ahead and send any questions whatsoever through that. Uh, at I still, to this day, don't let my uh, virtual assistants or my Kindle printer team touch that email. I always respond. So uh, just send me any question you have um, or whatever, and you'll get my response. Dave, thank you for being our guest. Hey, thank you so much. It's been wonderful. Thank you for listening. Just another great episode by Callan Diggs, best-selling author and career strategist at Seen at Fast Company and Inc. Magazine. If you're not on an email list, you're missing out. Go to reachingthefinishline.com and subscribe to get all the exclusives.